It's nice to know that people like our next guest are fighting for the well-being of all wildlife throughout Arizona. Michael Cravens is the Advocacy and Conservation Director for the Arizona Wildlife Federation, Arizona's oldest wildlife conservation organization. The AWF has been uniting Arizonans and decision makers around science-based solutions to conserve our state's wildlife, wildlife habitat, and public lands since 1923. And thanks to the wealth of knowledge and outdoor passion Michael brings to the organization, it looks like they'll be doing this important work for many years to come. So, Michael, welcome to the show, man. Thanks. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah, me too. We're at Red Rock State Park today. Yeah. And it's I kinda, beautiful. It is. And I kind of thought it was a perfect venue to, to record a, a conservation-themed podcast since this is a, a conservation park and you do a ton of awesome work with Arizona Wildlife Federation uh, in the conservation field. And, you know, we just kind of want to pick your brain a little bit today. Awesome. Yeah, we're excited to learn more about you, but also the work that you're doing with your organization. When we were talking earlier and we got introduced to you, you talked about all the different arms that your organization has. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, we're only going to be able to scratch the surface today, but I'm really excited to hear what you have to share. Awesome. Thanks. So tell us a little bit like about yourself and kind of lead into you know, what you're doing with the Arizona Wildlife Federation and maybe some of the, the thing, your current projects that you're working on. Sure. No problem. Okay. Well, uh, for, for my end of it anyway, uh, I grew up, uh, not, not here in the West, but, but back in the Midwest in the Ozarks, uh, Missouri Ozarks. Um, and a very, very rich childhood of exploring and hopping over fences and walking creeks and, and, fishing and catching snakes and everything, all those things that a little boy should have in yeah. his life. Uh, but it was, it was just wonderful. Uh, then as I got older, you know, I started exploring farther and farther out. You know, I've been fortunate enough to, to chase critters. And when I say chase critters, I mean, uh, bird watching, field herping, which is reptiles and amphibians, mammals. I've really, uh, freshwater fishes. I've been excited about all of it. And that's taken me, you know, all over this country. Um, I think minus minus two states in the lower 48 and, uh, you know, (laughs) to the Amazon uh, jungles of Peru and Central America and Mexico several times. So I've been very fortunate to get to go to a lot of places. (laughs) What's the birding like in Peru? Just just because I'm curious. (laughs) Um, Just simply out of this world. Yeah. Uh, Everything. I mean, the the jungles are so intense because there's so much competition that, that things are evolving. And I mean, all, all this competition just creates extreme adaptations. So oh, yeah. everything bites, everything stings, you know, there's this big old bullet ants, which are much more common than you would ever think. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And it just, it's nuts. There's life everywhere. You know, every frog, every snake that you find is, is different from the last one. You know, it's, it's, it's nuts. Right. It really it's is amazing. nuts. And I, I don't even know how to describe it properly, but it's intense. Well, I, I've seen the pictures and the videos, yeah. you know, that place. I mean, it's amazing. It, it is. sounds like a dream. Yeah. yeah. But so, yeah, I've been fortunate to get around quite a bit. Um, but it's this Western landscape that really stuck with me. Uh, you know, all of these public lands, um, state parks like the one we're sitting in 
uh, it's just, it's vast. Um, and the opportunities to explore and, and, you know, new canyons, climb new mountains, uh, they're limitless. So, uh, you know, that childhood I had back East, you know, it's, it's, the place is the same, but things have changed. Um, you know, you don't have access to everything like you used to when I was a kid. You know, people are much more serious about private property, you know, that, and, you know, as a little kid, I just didn't respect that. And I don't think people expected kids to respect right. that mm-hmm. back then, yeah. but, but these days are different, you know, and, uh, you know, I don't let my kids run wild the way I did, even though maybe I should. I don't know, but times have changed. Right. Um, and I, I want them to have, you know, access to all these beautiful wild places. Um, and I want them to have a similar childhood that, that like I did. So, you know, we, we're an active family. We're out a lot. And uh, yeah, we'll never run out of things to explore in Arizona. Yeah, the West really affords that. And I think it's great that as we speak and record this episode, your kids are out there like yeah. in the bird garden. <laughs> right, Man, that's awesome. You, you grew up in a way that kind of formed you to have a, a conservation minded uh, way of life. You know, mm-hmm. you you got to see and experience all these things and now you want, want your kids to. So, and that, I guess, led you into your work with Arizona Wildlife Federation. How did, how did that happen? Yeah, I am. I mean, I, I basically, you know, throughout my years dabbled in, in either, you know, interpretation, um, naturalist type positions, um, uh, but lots of uh, biology work. Uh, but in fact, state parks back in Missouri, I worked for for a number of years and several different positions. But um, the Arizona Wildlife Federation came to me really through volunteerism, volunteering through, for other conservation organizations, and then learning about um, and becoming friends with with you know board members and the executive director of the Arizona Wildlife Federation. So when this position opened up, uh, it kind of kind of all happened at a perfect time. Um, my wife and Ed finished nursing school, so she was going to become kind of the breadwinner, so to speak, and, and I could uh, afford to work for a nonprofit at this point. So it came along at the perfect time, and uh, and I jumped on board as a communications person that quickly turned into an advocacy role, um, and now I work as the advocacy and conservation director. Wow. And t- tell me about the Federation's mission, you know, sure. what's your focus? Okay. So Arizona Wildlife Federation, if I can go back just a little bit, uh, we will be a hundred years old next year. So we've been around a long Whoa. time. In fact, yeah. I, uh, I think I can say accurately that we're the oldest conservation organization in the state. Now we were founded in sporting, uh, because way back then wildlife was managed through the legislature. Um, so there was no science behind it. It was basically, you know, people in power doing what they wanted with our wildlife. So as you can imagine, that didn't go well. That wasn't a good model of of management. So we worked to create the first science-based commission. Um, And it was a big old battle and it went on and on, but we we pulled it off. And uh, that commission's still in place today. So, um, you know, as the years go on, you know, we've had our hands in Oh, Lord. Uh, you know, if it's a wildlife issue in the state, we're involved. Um, we work closely with Arizona Game and Fish Department. But today, primarily, we have kind of th- a three-legged stool, so to speak. Um, one is going to be education. We have several education programs. Uh, one of the most popular would be Becoming an Outdoors Woman. Um, there's going to be a class coming up in September. That's a great program. Yeah, this is yeah. cool. It is. It is. Um, and, boy, I tell you what, it's it's almost too cool because they fill up fast. Right. Um, but I, I got to visit... Uh, one this year and I was blown away. I had expected a much smaller group. There was a hundred women there. 
Ooh. Um, and you could just, the energy coming off that group was just so positive and exciting. And I, I got a quick question. Mm-hmm. So a while back I had read that, uh, women are the fastest growing demographic in outdoor recreation, like mm-hmm. hunting and fishing. Is that still the case? Seems to be. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've, you know, I, I I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not the source, but yeah. but I'm hearing the same things you are. Yeah. So, so okay. what kind of things um, do you cover in that program? Oh, everything. I'm teaching a small game processing and cooking class for them this September. Oh, nice. um, but they have rock climbing and rappelling, paddling, archery, uh, Dutch oven cooking. I mean, the, the, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Very cool. Yeah, it's, it's a great program and it's, it's dearly loved by everyone who attends and works with it. That's awesome. So that's one leg of the mm-hmm. stool. It's education. Of course, we have lots of other education programs as well, but uh, that's just an example of a popular program we have. Moving on, then we would have more hands-on, boots-on-the-ground volunteerism. So we organized a small army of volunteers that we have at the ready. So when some of our partner groups, our affiliate groups, um, need volunteers for a project, you know, we can reach into that pool we have and, and provide those volunteers for them. What kind of projects might those entail? Oh, this would be fence removal, old fences that are not necessary and are, of course, bad for wildlife. And, you know, shoot, we're just learning about the migratory habits of of mule deer and pronghorn and things like that. That science is still new. Um, So, yeah, the fences obviously, you know, impact those things. So so getting rid of those old fences is great to do when we can do it. that's important work. Yeah, the water catchments is another one. Those always need repair and upkeep. So things like that. Right. And a lot of the work that you guys do, I mean, you work closely with the Game and Fish Department, but a lot of the work that you do benefits all birds and animals. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So while, while we're, we were rooted in sporting and founded there, that's certainly not all we touch on. Um, we, we do, you know, we we're proud advocates for the sporting traditions because, you know, traditional practices are important. And that model of wildlife management over the last hundred years is, is proof in itself. This is a great way to manage wildlife. Um, basically what it does is it gives folks like, you know, us sitting at this table, we already are deeply rooted in wildlife conservation, habitat, all these things, the general populace, maybe not so much, but when you give them that tangible connection of going out with a, a son, a daughter, um, and harvesting a deer and bringing it home, that, that connects them to that, that ecosystem and that landscape gives them a reason to care. So yeah, it works. Uh, I would say, you know, we, we're living in the good old days as far as game species on this landscape. Um, so we do advocate for that, but by all means, we're not just about hunting and angling. We're about butterflies and gardening for wildlife, which is another education program of ours. Awesome. So yeah, list goes on and on me personally. I've been a birder my, my entire life. You know, I get, again, I get excited about it all. So yeah. right, you got pretty giddy about this bug board back here uh-huh. when, when, when you walked in yeah like listen just for the listener's sake there's a board in this uh classroom at red rock that's just it's filled with all types of native bugs that are found around insects not yeah bugs, we're in a room that has a lot of inspiration around us there's pictures of birds the hummingbird garden is right outside yeah i've loved interpretive centers like this since i was a small child it's pretty cool i know well and your your kids do too we mm-hmm. were walking through and they were stopping to read the signs yeah, i loved yeah. it my inner nerd was cheering (laughs) hey outdoor lovers we're interrupting the show for just a quick minute to tell you about something going on at arizona state parks that you're gonna love this summer we launched a new reservation system to make booking campsites cabins and tours even easier the new system has tons of benefits 
like letting you reserve at multiple parks in one transaction, modifying or canceling your reservation right online, and even seeing campsite amenities so you can pick a site that fits your needs best. Try it out and book your next Arizona adventure at azstateparks.com. Now let's get back to the show. You're talking about this work that you do, and it probably it reaches a lot more people in different ways. They're probably familiar with maybe some of the projects that you've had. They just don't know that that was something you had a strong hand in. What's an example of like a, a success story for wildlife management or conservation? Well, I'll that tell you what. Yeah. Um, specifically, our, our legislative season here at the Arizona State Legislature just wrapped up. So that third leg of the stool is advocacy. And I'm not going to lie to you. It's not... Uh, an area that I'm super comfortable in, you know, I'm wearing uncomfortable suits. I'm in uncomfortable places, you know, (laughs) Um, I want to play outside. That's Mm -hmm. what I want to do. But I very much recognize and appreciate the importance of this work. And, and personally, that's where, you know, I'm the most proud of this organization because a lot of the work we do goes unseen by the general populace. It's it's happening, you know, at at the Capitol. So an example was this year, there was an anti 30, 30, a uh, piece of legislation um, that was uh, sponsored. And, you know, a, a lot of people didn't think we had a prayer of stopping this. Now, I'm not going to say that as an organization, you know, we're waving that 30 by 30 flag all the time, but uh, I, I, we're, we definitely recognize the good uh, that, that can be done underneath that banner. Um, you know, the, the private, you know, landowner with, there's, there's examples all over the state where, uh, a private landowner has sold a small parcel of land um, to a federal or state agency, which opened up access to, you know, thousands of acres of public land that belongs to us that was previously inaccessible. That kind of work, those kind of relationships falls under this 30 by 30 guys. And um, so, yeah, there was uh, there was really not a lot of faith that we could stop this. And through the relationships that we have down in the legislature, we did. Um, and I'm very proud of that. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. And every year we have these battles every year. There are bad, oh, yeah. bad public land bills coming out that we have to fight against. Right. There's uh, you know, I run into lock gates every once in a while when I know when I'm out hunting or scouting or mm-hmm. just checking out, you know, down South most recently I've run into some of that, but um, it seems almost not fair. Yeah. You know, that they can kind of lock you off from a certain area when right. you know that just behind it, there's a whole mountain. Oh, range. yeah. yeah. And there's also the whole checkerboard fiasco that's been going on. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a whole nother story. But, right. But, well, uh, yeah. and how amazing that you've connected back with this work, you know, something that directly impacted accessibility. Mm-hmm. And that's what you grew up with. That's what formed you yeah. and connected your love for the outdoors for sure. with your everyday lives. So. Yeah. A- access to our public lands is is absolutely imperative to creating people that, that love and care about these things. As, as you know, people, you know, in, in order to love something, they need to know it, they need to experience it. And in order to protect it and want to protect it, they need to love it. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. We've key. been talking about with that with a bunch of our partners lately, it's a real theme. Um, it's a lot harder to care about something if you're not familiar with it. Right. 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 And the more you know about it, the more you care and it just kind of snowballs from there. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing some of the, the recent work that you've done. That's made a big impact on Arizona's conservation. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we first got introduced to you because we came across, your own podcast, mm-hmm. actually. Can you tell us a little bit about that and sure, what our listeners might sure. enjoy? 
Well, you know, like I said, we're, we're Arizona's oldest conservation organization. And I would find it terribly frustrating when I would be out and people didn't even know who they were. Uh, cause I feel like, gosh, you know, I feel like we're very impactful. You know, we make a difference and, and people should know us. Um, so the podcast idea was really, there wasn't another really conservation focused podcast out there. Um, and you know, I thought, well, this is a niche that's open. It's going to be filled by somebody. It might as well be us. And it's an opportunity to get us and our message and interesting guests out to, you know, a, a wider swath of people, maybe a younger generation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just a, just another avenue of getting the word out. That's fantastic. What's what's next on the agenda for the Arizona Wildlife Federation? Like, do you have anything cool mm-hmm. coming up that? You might want to talk about? Well, you know, like I said, uh, right now I'm just enjoying that the, the legislative season is open and I'm kind of just <laughs> not, not really planning ahead yet. I'm just uh, for a moment just going to take a break right. and you not, it, not look into the crystal bar. But, um, but yeah, like I said, we're going to have those fights every year. Um, we've added a new program to the bow program since we talked about that a moment ago mm-hmm. called Bridges to Bow. And the issue with the bow program was that it was so popular and it was so loved that a lot of the same ladies keep coming back and, and filling those spots. And they're absolutely they should. But it's kind of turned in, if I can say it, to an older white gal club. Sure. So and and that's wonderful. But we also want to reach other demographics. So we built bridges to bow. I say we. Um, really, it was my coworker Trika, and she's done a wonderful job. Okay. This, but very cool. Um, and bow yeah. bow for the listeners is that becoming an outdoors woman program Correct. that you're talking about. Thank you. About. Yeah, you got to watch those acronyms. <laughs> but um, so bridges to bow is is more focused on younger minorities, um, and it has been a stunning success. Um, so we've been really proud of that. I love that. You know, we talk a lot all the time about how the outdoors is for everyone. Yes, it is. And um, sometimes people need that introduction. Yeah, not everybody feels welcome either. You're right. Yeah, sometimes you feel, and we've all been in that kind of situation Mm -hmm. before. You get into your suit and you're not the most comfortable, but you've had exposure. And um, so, yeah, it's it's about introducing people in a way that they can feel comfortable and then share that experience with people that they know. Right. I love it. I agree. Great job. Okay. So people should look out for that. Anything else that they should, you know, they should tune into your podcast, Um, maybe check out your programs. Please tune into the Arizona Wildlife Federation podcast available wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll link Um, to it. Yeah, we'll link to it in our show notes. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. No, we've had some interesting uh, guests recently. Uh, I got to do one on the natural history of Arizona Jaguars. And I'm proud to say I think that might be the only modern source of information outside of scientific literature on jaguars in arizona yeah, it awesome. might be because when i'm researching it online there, there's not a not lot much yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so i'm really proud of that one cool. uh, i just did a public land episode with hal herring and hal is an outdoor journalist a friend and just an infectious personality uh so yeah please look for those um i just recorded an episode yesterday with congressman o'halloran on uh, managing arizona's forest for resiliency in a changing climate Great topic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. timely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm living in those forests now. Yeah, so it's, it's near, near and dear to me. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it kind of hits close to home for sure. That's awesome. Well, well we'll link these in the show notes so that people can check it out, check out your work, listen to your podcast. Um, Neil has a question that he asks every guest that we have at the end of the episode. Okay. And I should have given you a heads up because now okay. you're on the spot. I can, I can handle it. <laughs> right. Well, I, what's your favorite Arizona animal? Oh, there's a lot of them, and no, I have a hard time yeah, with this too. Tough, it, it's man. a tough one, but then you got to um, tell me why. I, I get, <laughs> I get excited about so much. 
Um, I can't just give you one. I, I can give you a couple examples. Mine can we changes do that? from time to time. Oh, right. Me and the listeners are going to let you guys talk and hash this out. We'll catch you up. All right, all right. Okay. Let's, let's put it in categories. How about native fishes? Um, I'm probably going to say the pike minnow, a squawfish, because I can't imagine, you know, the, the Colorado River flowing through the Grand Canyon one, at one time in its natural state and there being like five and six foot minnows Huge. swimming yeah. around. Yeah. So that's crazy to fantastic. think about. Um, Herpetofauna, that's reptiles and amphibians. Lord, you know, who can't find a, a mountain king snake? Stunning. Agreed. You know? Yep. I'm uh, a big Gila monster fan. Also. Of course. Yeah. yeah. See, that's why you can't do this. You can't just yeah, do that's it. Right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> the dangerous. Uh, shoot. Uh, Mammals, you know, the Quatamundi, the ring-tailed cat. Those all seem so exotic growing yeah. back yeah. in Missouri. Totally. Growing yep. in Missouri so. There's a lot of Quadis down there by Karchner in that spot I was mm-hmm. telling you about. Yeah. Yeah. Really I've cool. seen them down there in that country. Yep. So, yeah. Boy, that, that's a tough question. There's I love enough. it. Sorry. You did Sorry. great yeah. for a very <laughs> like tough question. I like you broke it up like that. But <laughs> I've, I've had fun talking with you today, man. And Thanks. I've enjoyed talking with you guys. Yeah, I'm really glad we were able to to meet up here and to discuss this. And I'm excited to, to share it with the listeners. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Where can they, they find you? Um, let's see. Well, they can find me at michael at azwildlife.org. Um, they can find me on any social media platform. I think if you just search my name, I'd come up, uh, Instagram, Instagram's mostly just my hunting and angling stuff. It's kind of a, kind of a picture album for me. Facebook, I get into a lot more, more sciencey stuff, more general non-game stuff, uh, and of course family and friend stuff. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, I'll tell you, I'm fiercely proud of the Arizona Wildlife Federation. Um, we are a moderate, pragmatic, science-based bipartisan organization and that's kind of an unusual uncomfortable place to be in this day and age but i think it's a very important place especially when it comes to conservation i mean conservation is not partisan right so i'm very very proud of it i'm very proud of uh, you know riding that line and doing good work yeah Yeah, you guys are doing a great job keep up yeah keep up the amazing work thank you so much for sharing it with us parks are amazing yeah thanks michael we'll talk to you soon michael thank you so much bye